Ugh. Ugh, don't ugh me, because we need to discuss why no. you are back on the low ground. You're on the low ground. You're tardy today, low ground. That's where not you're my at. Fault. It is no, not my fault. No, no, no. See, it doesn't matter. It's your responsibility. It doesn't matter whether wow. it's your fault or not. It's your responsibility to be somewhere on time. I don't give a damn about traffic. I don't give a damn about technology. You want, Whenever you I've want been me late, to transcend the the fiber optic cables that I don't want you to do anything for me. I want you to be on time. What it requires what? for you to be on time, I want you to do that. And in the off chance that you are not on time, because I've been late before, I want you to get on here and say, "I apologize. My bad." I don't want to hear no story. Give I apologize on behalf of Alabaster oh, for being blaming. a terrible teammate oh, and coach. Blaming, blaming, I feel, blaming. I feel so sorry that we are victims of his. That's why. That's why I'm the quarterback of this because I know how to step up <laughs> to the podium and take responsibility. I'm sorry, Alabaster, that a team is turning on you. What's your question? Thank you. I appreciate that, my good friend Dominique Foxworth. The question no I have for you: Do you see the Suns as title favorites with Kevin Durant? Dominique. Yes, I do see the Suns as title favorites with Kevin Durant. Um, the combination of him and healthy Devin Booker, assuming that DeAndre Ayton is not going to let his feelings inhibit him from playing to the best of his ability. I'm or not, just playing yeah, in a game, yeah. like the time he got benched in a game yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, on the scale of NBA drama, this minor. It's minor, it just is. a little bit. I guess it's just a little, little riff. So uh, I guess I feel like because the West is so wide open, the question that comes to my mind is who am I disrespecting by saying that I now see the Suns as a title favorite? And the answer to that is obviously the Nuggets, right? Like that's Nugs. that's the, the Nuggets, or I guess you could argue the Warriors, but we have not. The Warriors need to package up all their quarters and get them a dollar. <laughs> Well, the, I mean, the Warriors, we respect to the degree that we would even worry about whether respecting them or not, which is too much respect. I think it's very possible that they're going to be in the finals. I still have them as the team that I most expect. Um, but I believe that the stakes for the Suns now are that if they don't make the finals and win the title, this is a, this is a failure. Like, they traded away so much. Dominique, they traded away four unprotected first-round picks. They traded away Mikhail Bridges, who is an all-star level player. Right. Maybe he'll never make an all-star team because it's so stacked at wing, but the guy's a defensive player of the year candidate who's averaging, like, 18 a game. He's really good. He's young. He's improving. Cam Johnson's another guy yeah. who's a defensive player of the year candidate. I really like him. Um, and so, and Jay Crowder became some stuff, too. But the point is, this is a Western Conference that you just alluded to that had, before this deadline, the Nuggets, and then 13 teams that were divided by, like, eight games, and then two god-awful teams. Yeah. And what so, the Suns are now is the favorite. Yeah. Clearly. That, so, like, the Jay Crowder situation, they didn't lose anything by sending him away because he wasn't even playing. Uh, the, the, the other names, I, I do agree, you're losing something. But you made the case. Uh, so what are you saving those picks for? They already got really close and fell apart uh, in Correct. the finals. And I think, honestly, most of us already thought that maybe their best chance has passed. They've extended this window. And, yes, they had to sell some of the future to extend this window. But we know how difficult it is to get close. And we haven't mentioned T.J. Warren's name, who is a useful piece to bring in. He's not just, uh, like, 
uh, he'll play. Yeah, he's not just a just something that you throw in to make the contracts work. It's like he'll he'll be a starter, I think. That's what they're projecting, and he'll play significant minutes, and it'll matter. But I guess my point is, in basketball especially, football is a little different where you're building a roster, and those draft picks, I think, have a lot more value. I feel like when you're close, you got to take every chance you can and go all in. And if you're selling on three drafts, or four drafts in this case, and giving away talented players. The question is, when you are within your window, did the move that you make significantly improve your uh, chances of winning the title? And I think it's very obvious that they went from afterthought to front runner, assuming this all works out. No, it's a home run. It's a home run deal. It's just a home run deal that has stakes. Like, yeah. you just got to nail it. Don't they I all, mean, by th Well, but, but hold on, though, because... When you make it, I think two things are true. It is a deal that everyone would have made if you abide by the logic you just presented, which is the right logic to run your team by. There's a window where a superstar away, a top 10, 15 scorer slash player of all time away in Kevin Durant. Of course you do the deal. He has four years left on his contract. This is, to me, of course, a hands-down move that is a smart one. But if they don't deliver on it, then you're the Brooklyn Nets in a sense, <laughs> you know, like you, you just, and this is the, and look, there's a big difference here actually, now that I bring this up, because what this is not is a creation by Kevin Durant. This is not a team that he needs to lead. This is a lot more in his comfort zone, Dominique, as in he is a great scorer who does not need to worry about anything else other than being the best complimentary piece in NBA history. Yeah. That is his mandate now. Go be um, that guy. Yeah, he's not going to be a complimentary piece. That's that. I, I mean, I guess emotionally or leadership wise, maybe you could argue be a complimentary piece. When Kevin Durant shows up, he's the bus driver, no matter what um, Charles Barkley has to say about it. He was the bus driver on those Warriors team. By that, I mean, he immediately becomes the best player and the player who you build everything around. The thing that matters, don't don't put that card back. The thing that Alabaster put up there on that card that I think is valuable and important is not that card, the other card that talks about how Kevin Durant is 34 and coming off of a knee injury and Chris Paul is 37 and missed 21 games so far this year. That's the real risk to me is I think Durant has three more years on his contract. He's not going to get healthier. Like he's not going to get better. Even though right now, when he is playing, he's as good as anyone in the league and as impactful as anyone in the league. This does feel like, even though you have, I think, three more years for Durant, this feels like you got to win I four more years on a contract for Durant. It feels like these next two years are the years that you got to do it. Yes. In. Yeah. Maybe he'll be LeBron-ish and continue to be outstanding as you go forward. But as you see, LeBron needs more help than he did when he was playing at his peak. You know, the, for the podcast audience, the sun is literally setting on my face. Mm -hmm. And this is more sunlight remaining than Chris Paul has Aww. on his NBA career. Aww. It's true. It, that's, you, but you, that's it. That's the concern, yeah. right? Is that this is a big three that's not a big three. How good it's a, is... It's, it's a tremendous two. It, so, like, my, I have to be completely transparent. Like, my basketball watching is not at its height right now. We're getting ready for the Super Bowl, and after this, I'll dive deeply. But how good is Chris Paul right now is the question, because we put his name in these big three conversations, mm -hmm. and his, his face is in all the big three pictures. <laughs> and I remember uh, last year's playoffs in the playoffs the year before that. And while he did have these wild 
or these crazy kind of um, historic moments. Yep. It, it was harder for him to like perpetually put up those types of things. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of value they can get out of Chris Paul because he's obviously a big three in this situation, but can he be a big three on the floor? Alabaster, you can jump in, but I think he's washed. Yeah, personally. I mean, he's he's been a lot better since coming back from injury, but one of the indicators with Chris Paul is the fact that despite the limitations of his height, he's been one of the great two-point shooters of all time for a small guard because of his mid-range and finishing ability. That volume and efficiency in that range is gone from his game, mm-hmm. and that changes everything. That makes him actually a complementary role player with an incredibly high IQ and not a third superstar. My opinion, but 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 all of that is to say that none of that changes the calculation yeah. to me about how likely they are to win the title and whether they should Agreed. or shouldn't. Um, I, I think and look, depth is going to be a problem. DeAndre Aiden, which is very funny to me, that he's the one guy who's like, please get me the hell out of here, and a million players got traded from his team to others, and it's yeah. like, nope. You and Monty Williams are going to have to work this out because they're going to need him. Man, the depth on this team. Look, the concerns to me are Chris Paul and depth. Um, and they're just in, in a, in a, you know, you, at some point we'll talk about, um, parody, I'm sure, um, in this show across all sports. Mm-hmm. But to me, this is a wide open lane, uniquely wide open to, yeah, go face the bucks in the finals and go oh. beat him because he got Kevin Durant. Oh yeah. That's, that's yeah. Beating the bucks or the dare I say 76ers. Say it. Say it. Or more likely, the Celtics is a whole nother hill to climb. If I'm the the Suns right now, let's get out of the the West, baby. Get out of the West because that East seems scary, scarier, especially given their lack of depth. And like the age, like the the miles that you're going to have to put on um, Kevin Durant more than Chris Paul. But Chris Paul also, to get to that point, is going to be challenging. All right. Yeah, Kevin Durant also not playing basketball yet. So yeah. we're doing the thing that we always do where it's like presuming he's going to be exactly the same as he was before he injured his leg, um, which has been mostly exactly what we got. Yeah, but it's fair until it's not anymore. Until it's not, and at which point maybe I'll feel bad for calling a non-finals run a failure. But until then, I remain righteously indignant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's right. I, I By the way, Progress to both of us, Pablo, for not arguing with uh, Dominique when he said that Kevin Durant was the bus driver in Golden State. He was. Um, eh, I don't know about that. I mean, the um, bus driver is a stupid thing anyway, but he was the best player on those teams and the most eh, important player I don't on know any about of that. those teams. He was, he was, he was um, one of those kids you give like a fake steering wheel to when you're in the car, so they think that they're driving. That's right. But you're oh, really gosh. not driving. Okay. Uh <laughs> How do you guys view the Lakers' new roster? Ooh, 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 ooh. I like we were like, you know what? The Nets have a whole new team. <laughs> them. Laker talk. Um, the Lakers should be a playoff team. Like, the pieces they added actually do make basketball sense. And I make a lot of fun of the Lakers' front office, and we all should. But when you go down the list, it's like, okay, what do they need? They need shooting. D'Angelo Russell, a top five three-point shooter at that volume in the league. Malik Beasley, one of the best shooting guards from distance in the league right now. Um, they only gave up one pick. They got rid of Russell Westbrook. Um, they got guys, man. And I think they, they're the guys they need. And yes, Jared Vanderbilt, who I just neglected to mention there, yeah, he's a really good defender. 
at the wing position. So all of this is is good news for a team that, yeah, I, I, Dominique, they should be one of the eight to ten teams out of sixteen. Yeah. Sorry, out of fifteen to make the postseason. Yeah, yes. I mean, they should be, but we'll see because they haven't been able to put it all together. Like, I feel like they should be better than their record shows right now. So assuming that they'll sort it out with uh, a young head coach or inexperienced head coach, but I guess like LeBron's IQ can compensate for anyone's inexperience. But I don't know. It's I don't want to get too excited about anything that the Lakers are going to do. I would like to see LeBron in the postseason and AD healthy in the postseason. As you guys know, they're scary. Everyone knows <laughs> it. You have to accept it, despite the fact that you guys gave me a hard time about it last year, but we're but, selling it last week. Wait, we were and we are. And this is, it, I think, Alabaster, tell me if you think this is simplistic, but when Dominique is making that joke, it really all does hinge on whether Anthony Davis is the version of Anthony Davis that we do not trust to be anymore. That's exactly like right. that. Like this team should be an easy top eight team in a 15 team conference with just LeBron and Anthony Davis. And yet they're not. And that feels like an Anthony Davis problem, obviously, given they just scored 13 points in that. Yeah. Uh, Lost party that OKC. was thrown. Yeah. That losing party against OKC. The one, the one thing that's interesting about this also is obviously Davis for the stretch he played healthy this season was a vastly different player than he was last season on reports where he was heavier and trying to be a bulky center. And this year he was dominant again, but Davis still is not shooting the ball the way he did in the bubble. And he might be the person who's more affected by these shooters than anyone. This is someone who needs space to operate and pressure right. the rim. And that is now a possibility. You said he's not shooting Absolutely. like he was in the bubble. He didn't shoot like that before or after. Like the bubble was the aberration. Assuming that he's ever going to get back to that, I think is unlikely. Idea. Idea. The Lakers at oh, Crypto.com Arena should clear out the stands behind the basket. <laughs> Give him his shooter's depth. Give him his comfort zone. Oh, gosh. That's... Isn't some billionaire around to just buy up all those seats? That's How much it. do you care about the Lakers, rich people of Los Angeles? Give Anthony Davis back his shooting background. That's a tremendous idea. I love that so much. It's legitimately solutions-oriented. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Uh, all right. All right. We have another. Oh, another. Topic. I thought we just well, did NBA trades. What? It, what is, well, what's left? I just want to ask you. You can, you can, you can poo poo this one, throw it away. But did any other trades move the needle for you at this poo -poo. deadline? Poo poo. Oh no. I, I, I think. Okay. I'm gonna unpoo poo Dominique's poo poo because I think the Nets are still an interesting team, man. Like, there's a lot. And look, there's, there's a lot to criticize in that story, and I'm not gonna just play the hits on that. But I'll just point out, this Cam Thomas thing, in which he scores 40 points a game every night, around him is the ideal setup. And this was true when it was Kevin Durant. Now it's suddenly true of Cam Thomas. But I wish I could see Alabaster's face during this. What? Oh, wait. Alabaster, come in here. You don't think that the Nets are a playoff team still? You don't think that they're full of like the best defensive depth, arguably, in the NBA? And guys who can shoot threes everywhere? What don't you like about this? I mean, what I don't like about that roster is they have the highest paid ninth man in league history in Ben Simmons. Oh, um, but, I but no, no. I mean, like, look, the thing that's interesting about <laughs> the Nets is Cam Thomas, there is some linsanity to this. Three straight 40-point games is crazy and something that's really interesting and in putting 
a litany of three and D wings around him and letting him cook is fun for the rest of the season. And the Rockets have their pick anyway, and they're going to be first in the lottery. Yep. So even if they drop out and they end up with the fifth pick in the draft, they'll get to keep the pick anyway because the Rockets are going to have the best odds. You guys know we got the Super Bowl to talk about. We All talked right, about fine. two big important trades, and y'all want to talk about the Nets making oh, a run? Poo poo. How poo-poo. about the? Fa- I just also love that John Wall's back in Houston. Poo poo. Gary Payton the second. About, Gary Payton the second. You want to talk about Mo Bamba? <laughs> <laughs> One thing um, on John Wall is he going to be the first dude ever bought out by the same team twice? Poo poo. So there's his team. They have a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes, and the other team has a quarterback named Jalen Hurts, and they're playing in a kind of important game on Sunday. I'd like to talk about that and not poo-poo. The only man I know who attended one of Russell Wilson's weddings is back, Dominique. <laughs> that's that's a terrible intro. I don't think that's something that you – I mean, fair. I'm sorry. Good job, I mean, there, are, there are some relatives to offer Nate. Like, he's yeah. one of the best NFL analysts, works for The Athletic, an excellent podcast host. But mostly he's a guy who – oh, actually, you know what? He also got named because of a hot dog. That's yes. The other biographical fact. Mike Tice named his son after a hot dog. He did Nathan's hot dog. I love the canon of this show, like because that's what it is. It's just yeah, it's the, the callbacks, callbacks to episode one. This is great. This is just good writing. This is really good. Even callbacks to when I was before I was born. This is a long running <laughs> show. It's like referencing the Simpsons, referencing something from season one, oh, or like gosh. when the faking the principal Skinner, like the fake principal Skinner. Remember that? So that's the, that's the callbacks that we have for this. Is Nathan's hot dogs, and I had. Uh, shrimp cocktail at Russell Wilson's wedding <laughs> ten, ten, 10 years ago. Yummy. <laughs> well, champagne with the strawberry in it as well. Oh, which was, classy. Actually, that was pretty classy. Pretty nice. Actually. I hope you so watched that. out because I bet it was spicy. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, was, it, was, it, oh, was it dangerous? That was good. Probably, I'm, you, that really made me laugh. Well done. Um, I know it did. <laughs> um, so my question, who do you think the better team is in the Super Bowl? And who do you think is going to win? Mm. So the line, I'll set it up like this, right? Vegas says, and we can put caveats as to why Vegas does anything, as Dominique always does when I say Vegas says, but the Eagles are favored in this game by one and a half. Yeah. And so does that feel right? Is that something that we should unpack? Or do you have tapes, takes that are deeper based on the tape that you watched? I mean, I'm going to respect Alabaster's question. And I think it's obvious that uh, the Eagles, like as a full team, are a better and more complete team. And I appreciate him giving me both options because I refuse to root against Patrick Mahomes. I, I want perfect. Patrick Mahomes to win. And when the game is close and I have an option, I will not learn from the mistake of of the, the um, Buccaneers Super Bowl. I will stick with Patrick Mahomes in part because what we just did the last two weeks, we got a Tom Brady retirement. And that was awesome and fun to reminisce about all of the football history and all of the great greatness. And then the following week, we got a LeBron James uh, historic record breaking. And it just reminded me that what are we here for other than greatness? No one cares about parody. Like, that's stupid. I want guys to do incredible stuff so that 15 years from now, I can tell my grandkids, hopefully it's a lot longer than that. Actually, my (laughs) oldest is 12, so it's possible. I'm like, hey, little grandbaby. Looky here, even though you aren't crawling yet, hopefully. Um, 
Patrick Mahomes was incredible. And let me tell you about what he did. He won a Super Bowl, then he lost a Super Bowl, then he won a Super Bowl, and then he won six more, and it was incredible. That's, Nate, like our that. timeline, our lore, canon extends not just into the past, but clearly into the future. I like this. Just like, hey, we're going all the way back to the late 80s. Let's go to what? Would that be 20, 20 37 hey, or careful. so? Let's be careful about how far, how far back we go. I don't okay. Know. But just, no, it. I, I like this. I, I'm with you. I'm with Dominique here. I it's hard to cheer against Patrick Mahomes and witnessing greatness. I've always wished that I got to see Michael Jordan live in the flesh, uh, playing and all that. Even if it was with the Wizards, I wish I got to see that. But I think that's what it is. That's why we're here. We're here to appreciate the greatness. Yes, the Eagles have a great team. So I was just because the show is debatable. I'll, I'll say, oh, the Chiefs have a better team because. It is more top to down, more complete because might as well just go with the other side. Mm. Vegas didn't even know. Vegas opened with the line at minus two Chiefs, and that thing switched quickly to the Eagles as the favorites. So it doesn't seem like anybody is very sure about how this game is going to go. But I know that people want to talk about surplus value and all that, and you know draft picks and all that. But sometimes it's surplus enjoyment, and that's what Patrick Mahomes is. Is uh, makes you, me enjoy you, the you game. You run in different circles than us because I have not heard surplus uh, value. So. Uh, so surplus value now the that's now the football twitter hot speak for nailing a middle round pick that's what that means oh, nailing a middle okay. nailing a middle oh. round that, that's what we called it for years and years and years is nailing like a fifth rounder it's like wow they got a starter with a fifth rounder now that they they call that surplus value now. what is it it's when like, you get jordan mylotta in the seventh round what that's right. like the that's super sur surplus exactly but then they paid him so now it's not surplus yeah. value apparently even though he's a very very good left tackle <laughs> Surplus value is the arm talent of front offices, is what you're telling me. I like that. Or uh, what, what do they say sometimes like basketball drafts? Like uh, it was like second bounce ability oh. and stuff like that. You know, like oh, yeah. second jump ability for rebounds and all that. By the way, I said this before the show was when I got the Google Doc, knowing what, what we were going to talk about on the show. The first, doc? The, the, first, <laughs> the first few questions I saw. Just for Wait, a guess. What's with all the NBA trades? Like, am I talking Kevin Durant? Okay, I can do this. All right. Oh, well, now the Lakers have a whole bunch of former Timberwolves on it. I can actually talk about this a little you, bit. So. You badly want to give us your basketball takes. Can we get through football first? And we'll we'll carve we out a little time at we the can. end that we easily edit it out where you can give us your basketball takes. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. Yeah, just keep it clean for all the producers. Make it easy so on them. You, the Jordan Mylotta thing, though, does raise a question to me because the whole notion of the Eagles is that their line play is unparalleled in this sport. And so when we have this offensive line that is A, anchored by the best center in NFL history, and B, has uh, at right tackle Lane Johnson, who does not get or give up pressures um, despite the torn groin. Uh, and in general, they just have the ability to like force feed zone reads and RPOs down the throats of defenses. Like how big of an advantage is that in this game if you're telling me that actually all things being equal things are pretty equal well i mean run game wise that's what's nice about the eagles is not just that like you know the rams when they in 2018 and they got solved with the patriots and, and vic fangio with the bears and they took away the outside zone what's really cool about the eagles run game is they run a little bit of everything so it's hey you take away this they run they run a trap they run they just change up the play that they run that's what also happened jalen hurts that could run the ball but that's what is really interesting in the game and having a great run game as dominique knows it's like that is sustainable usually that it lifts the floor of the whole offense and especially once it hits playoff time when defenses are just honed in especially what you're doing in the past game every time they're in this formation every time this guy's in the slot we're going to tee off on this 
having a great run game that could change up how you attack a defense is always really nice. But the thing is, they're going against Steve Spagnola, who has two weeks, and he's very good, one of the best game planning defensive coordinators in NFL history, really. And now he has mm. two weeks to kind of figure out this run defense. And actually, since the bye week, the Chiefs' defense is actually pretty underrated. Every metric you look at, rush success, pass success rate, everything, uh, EPA, all the and whatever word salad you want to use, they're like top five, top six in every metric. And it's actually kind of funny that that's kind of been under the radar, that they're not like some pushovers like the typical Chiefs' defense of the last few years. Their um, flexibility with the running game and versatility is probably a better word, but I would I, I I think the in game adjustments, which is where the flexibility comes into play, is something that's been really impressive for them. I particularly saw it at play in their last game against the 49ers, where it's clear that they're a very well coached team. As like as weird as uh, Nick Sirianni's antics are on the sideline, and as bad as that opening press conference is, he is the head coach of that team. And you notice that they don't wait until halftime for adjustments. And some teams don't get the adjustments ever. They put in a game plan and they just run trash all game long if yep. the other team is on it. But this team, it seems that whatever the terminology is and the intelligence of their team is such that they can, as soon as you adjust to stop something, they are they almost have anticipated what your adjustment is going to be, and they already have an answer for it. So it's going to be an interesting coaching matchup, particularly because they have the talent in so many places that they can adjust on both sides of the ball. This makes me want to pick the Eagles now, but I'm not rooting as Patrick <laughs> yeah, Mahomes because great. Dominique, Dominique is spending this show stitching like the jersey that a mom wears when her <laughs> sons are on two different. The Mrs. Days. Kelsey jersey. Yeah. Yeah. The it's Do, Dominique is the Donna Kelsey. Ah uh, no, she she hugs Jason first, so I know who she's rooting for. I don't know the hands. <laughs> I'm going straight for Trav. Straight for Trav. <laughs> no, that's a I mean, the adjustment stuff can't be understated enough because that's. I mean, the 49ers game is one instance. Even other games where maybe the Eagles didn't have great performances throughout the game. The Colts game is one that stands to mind in the middle of the season. In the second half, like Dominique saying, the adjustments happen throughout the game. It's in between series with this team. That's Jeff Stoutland, the offensive line coach, who's been there for a while, is a fantastic teacher. And you can tell everyone's sound. Lane Dickerson may have some mental lapses every once in a while, but that's where Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson being vets, it's like, Oh, yeah, we did, ran this in 2018. We ran this mm -hmm. in 2016. We can get back to that. And Kelsey's ability, like he's such a one-of-one -one player. There's been other moving centers and pulling centers and all that, but he's so fantastic at it. They can unlock other things. So if the defense wants to play this front, okay, we're going to run. We're going to pull him and trap him and do all those things. So that's what's amazing about this team. They always It's a pick your poison. And then when you do have a right answer, they find a different answer for you to solve or question for you to solve. But that when the question... Yeah, go oh, ahead, go ahead. I was, I was, I was going to say that reminds me of a take that Dominique has um, in general right. about how takes. championship DNA by stepping on the take by citing. I don't know. I don't know. I want to hear. I don't no, know the, what take the it whole, is. The whole idea of the sun is just, by the way, setting so beautifully on I, Friday. I don't like my take already. I don't think I've ever said championship DNA. No, but, but it's, it's, it's with the idea. I remember you saying me. this about the Warriors to blend oh, in the yeah. NBA again. Like when something bad happens, you can just rely on the institutional memory of having right. done this so many times right. and i feel like we have that as as nate just said with the eagles but also with the chiefs offense and that seems to at the very least likes well, foretell a quality of play that we should enjoy 
I would push back on saying that we have it with the Chiefs offense because this Chiefs offense is very different personnel-wise and style-wise than they've been in the past. Uh, that type of the thing that you're talking about, that institutional knowledge where rather than having to break out your whiteboard and explain a whole new concept to 11 guys, you can say you can say a, a couple of terms or call out a play and say, remember back in, mm -hmm. I don't know, 2020, we had to do this. And then everyone understands it for the chiefs offense. That can't be true. Like the offensive line is relatively new and all the receivers are new. The running backs are rookies. And it's really that institutional knowledge goes between two guys. Yep. Yes. <laughs> That's that, what I was most yes. right of, admittedly, was specifically yeah. just Mahomes and Kelsey. Yeah. Yes. It's it's letting it's Andy Reid going go do something. Roll the ball out. Like, you two go. You go. You two find an answer. Yeah. Here we go. Good job. Yeah. There we go. That's you look exactly like Two Face. Oh, I know the lighting. I'm yeah. looking at myself right now. As soon as not Pablo you. I was talking that, about Pablo. You don't. Look oh, like I, I feel like I got like the blue. Going back to the original question, why I think this Chiefs team overall, even though they play a lot of rookies and everything, but is the offense has two all pros as well. The offensive line, I should say, has two all pros as well, along with Travis Kelsey, one of the best tight ends of all time, another all pro, of course, Mahomes, likely the MVP. And then you got the running back, which has been kind of, they've always been trying to figure out this answer. They found a balance with the running game too, with Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon as the pass pro, kind of a pass receiver, screen, pass protection guy. But that's, I think this team is a little, there's more to them than just Mahomes, but that's the thing. They're rather relying on the coaching. They just rely on Mahomes go do something funny. Yeah. I, 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 that's it's the Harpo Marx line. That's what they say. Oh my God, I'm, I sound like I'm 70 years old here, but that's what it is. Harpo right. No, don't worry. They, we're on the internet. This is exactly oh, yeah. what right. They know the Marx yeah. that's not Groucho. They definitely know that one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But that's what they would do. The writers for the Marx Brothers wouldn't even write a script for Harp, Harpo. They would just say, Harpo, go do something funny. And that's what it is. That's Mahomes and Travis Kelsey ad living going like, yeah. Who's on first? Perfect. We got a first down. This is great. That's happening, Costello. I'm just, uh, I, I'm 90 years old. I'm 92. I'm 90, we're, the late 80s was not when I was born. I was born in 1924. You were born in the late 19, or sorry, the late 1880s. Yeah. Yes, more exactly. Yeah. My name is actually, yeah, it's not even, it's not even Nathan. It's definitely Nathaniel or just, yeah, it's even something longer than that. I wish it was. I could think of something off the top of my head. Right oh, gosh. Now. Archibald, I think, is a good Archibald. name. Uh, you, Archibald. Hold on, somebody trying to break in? Oh, they were just saying hi to you. Oh, yeah, that was me just hi throwing the piece. Not all right. Are we at Tyree Kill homage? Are we at um Archibald Tice um basketball takes portion of the show yet? I think so. Let it rip. Are we talking Nate Archibald? That's there we go. We, <laughs> we talk about there. Well, yeah, maybe that's why Thank Archibald popped Thank in you. my head. Maybe, yeah. But that will best you have something to say. Am I giving my basketball takes? Yeah, here? give it. Uh Okay, so as a Timberwolves fan, I'm trying to figure out. I, I like the Mike Conley addition, uh, but I know this is it could be a lot more Lakers focused. So it's kind of nice to see another version of the Minneapolis Lakers come around because they got Malik Beasley and, and Vanderbilt. Oh yeah, really uh, George this. Mike. George Mikan's not coming through this door. <laughs> <laughs> and you got those guys going, but I, I, I thought the the Lakers did a good job. They were one of the worst shooting teams. Obviously, getting rid of Russell Westbrook, but actually getting a couple like 40 percent three point shooters. Uh, I actually like that. Getting Kevin Durant with the Suns makes a ton of sense. You got the, one of the best players in the world. He pairs well with Aiton, and kind of like as far as he can stretch the floor as a four and all that. 
Kind of like it was a win-win-win trade. It seemed to me, except unless right. your name's Russell Westbrook. Well, that's, that's my basketball take. I think we, I think we need the grade to take. I would say that I appreciated that you built. You went with the least interesting portion of the trade that you could. <laughs> You're like, hey, let me start in Minnesota. Then we will get a yeah. little bit more interesting. We'll go to LA, and let's talk about one of, if not the best scorer of all time, joining oh, Devin best. Booker, who's one of the best scorers in the league yes. right now, and DeAndre Ayton, who is disgruntled but talented and chris yes. paul who do anything for a title at this point you're right i like <laughs> I, I like how we climbed today good take good job, it was good archie thank ball. you way to go I archie have, i could have used more lebron <laughs> yeah. a little more lebron did you say lebron i feel like you should start no. all basketball takes just by saying lebron and then end it by saying lebron again and then yeah, everything in the middle has nothing to do with network. it <laughs> I told I told it backwards. I did it like memento. Like I started with the end of the story first, and then finished with the with the real stuff at the end. So that I mean, that's how most storytelling works, right? It's called a climax. It. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> while um, Alabaster, or excuse me, while Pablo looks like Two Face, and we're doing uh, Christopher Nolan references at this point. It's great. Memento. That got- was too much for you. I, it was too much. I got to know my audience. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I'm, I, know, I'm I liked still, it. I'm still focused on. Nate dismounting on the word climax. So, oh yeah, you got to know this. Yeah, this is another long-running gag that the show knows is that anything remotely related to anything that Pablo can make is a strip club that James Harden would absolutely love going to. Goodness, goodness, that's like day one debatable. It really was. <laughs>